Welcome to Minimum Viable Podcast, a podcast about business, technology, entrepreneurship, and marketing. This is episode 23, Leaning In for Success. And now your co-hosts, Phil McNevin and Brian Settler. Hey everyone, welcome to Minimum Viable Podcast. Uh, this episode, I'm really excited about uh, talking about uh, the theme that we have. We're going to be speaking about leaning in for success. And uh, today it's just Phil and I, but uh, we've got some really uh, interesting stuff that we've been testing out with setting goals and tracking them and you know projecting uh, your future and what you want to accomplish. So hey Phil, how's it going? Hey, not too bad. How about you? I'm doing well today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really interested in in this topic because I think that this is something that it's really important whenever you create a new project or a new business. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I think um, you know, as entrepreneurs and uh, as people who are you know professionals and have careers and specific skill sets. Um, we always want to try to achieve more and and try to push ourselves to be better. So it's definitely something that uh, I think is um, worth talking about and probably things that people are always curious about because I know um, since we kind of brought this topic up a few weeks ago coming to the close of 2014, um, it's been a really... Uh, interesting uh, ongoing conversation we've had so it's definitely um, a topic that I think we'll have a lot of fun with today yeah for sure yeah as I said we're going to be talking about leaning in for success and so the analogy that um, came to my mind immediately which is maybe not the most professional one but (laughs) (laughs) are we ever professional around here (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Um, it reminded me of Michael Jackson, right? And I'll explain. <laughs> so, um, back in we're starting the... this episode. We're yeah. starting this episode off with a with a Michael Jackson analogy. You know how good this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. When I was a little kid, um, I loved Michael Jackson's music, and um, so back in in the uh, '90s or something. He had uh, done this uh, song called Smooth Criminal, right? And yeah. so in his video and his performances, one of the things that he was really famous for doing, aside from the uh, moonwalk, was this anti-gravity lean, right? Which was obviously, you know, this trick where he had his shoes, like, hook into the floor, but that's beside the point. <laughs> he, would, he would lean, like, 45 degrees forward, right? And it just looked like magic, like he was you know, in some type of anti-gravity, you know, environment or something. He could lean forward without falling, and he just looked so cool doing it. Um, and uh, I just thought it was a really cool kind of visual image, right? It just came to my mind when I was thinking about leaning in. And um, so... <laughs> <laughs> that quote yeah. poster is now going to have a, an image of Michael Jackson. Yeah, his silhouette, like this white suit, right, <laughs> with a blue shirt. And, um, yeah, you know, this is something he did. It was, like, seemingly impossible, right? (laughs) Because you didn't see any, you didn't see any cables or anything holding him up there. It was just, like, how is he maneuvering this, right? Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of made me think about people that make a decision to 
you know, reach their goals and become successful. They do something that when other people look at them, are like, how are they doing it? Why are they doing that? Like, that looks impossible. And when they think about all the things that somebody does to become successful, they're like, um, yeah, I can't do that. That's just too much. And, um, you know, the I, I don't recall who said it, but I know, like, that uh, I've, I've heard the phrase or the adage that uh, has been used so many times by people, and it's, you know, that successful people do what everyone else is not willing to do, right? They wake yeah. up before other people. They, they spend crazy amounts of time learning things, studying things, planning, and doing all these, you know, crazy things to educate themselves and to learn and to grow and, um, you know, they just push themselves. Um, and so, you know, I've seen, I've, I've read a lot of stuff about this. I've been trying to always push myself, I guess, in kind of like that A-type personality. But, um, and, and we've been talking about this the past few weeks, uh, just kind of setting up our goals and trying to push ourselves and, you know, like a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how entrepreneurs are students first. So I think it's um, it's something that uh, is really important, um, especially you know if you want to grow your business, but just personally too, you want to become better in um, in all areas of your life. You know, so as a professional, um, with your you know becoming an expert in your area. Um, being somebody who's indispensable, um, being somebody who also um, has set these, you know, really crazy goals for your family, for your finances, and all this good stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that that quote goes something like, "Entrepreneurs is uh, uh, being an entrepreneur is doing what most people won't, so that you can spend your life like most people can't." Um, Actually, I just dug it up here. Entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you could spend the rest of your life like most people can't. But I, I think that that visualization that you had just talked about with uh, with Michael Jackson leaning in and mm-hmm. doing like, like showing that it, it kind of looked like magic. But when you talked about the behind the scenes of that, I think that was really powerful too. Like I never really got that. But as you had said it, that his feet were hooked to the ground. I think there's something to be said about that as well. And that, as entrepreneurs, when we're creating these, you know, audacious goals, when we're planning for our success, there's there's something that keeps us grounded. There's something that we plant our our feet on the ground that has like a very firm foundation. And I think without that firm foundation, we aren't able to kind of do that lean forward and uh, and move toward success, like you had talked about. Yeah, and I think I think that really lies in the day-to-day activities, and mm-hmm. um, you know your your routines, your rituals, as you would call, as some people call them, and um, habits. I, yeah, your habits, and uh, you know, I remember one of my um, uh, one of my per, uh, pastors from when I was growing up. You know, he was a uh, he became one of the top um, VPs of. Uh, engineering uh, at Chrysler, and uh, when uh, Dieter Zeich was there um, in Mercedes, worked at all the big three, um, General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler, and uh, 
became very successful and also was you know doing a lot of other like nonprofit stuff and writing tons of books and had many speaking engagements like all over the place like he was always doing something and produced a lot and contributed a lot to the world and um, on top of that you know was very successful even was known as one of the people who helped create the patent for the step that came out of the Lincoln Navigator (laughs) Um, so very brilliant guy and he started from the very bottom I mean his family had nothing right and Mm -hmm. um, he was also um, an African-American man so somebody who that in that time when he was growing up like they didn't see people like that, you know, be able to succeed, succeed, succeed that like came from nothing, didn't even, you know, didn't have um, all the means that everybody else would have um, that were his peers at that time and um, was able to achieve great things. And so people would always ask him, like, how do you find, you know, work-life balance and, um, you know, for your family and all this other stuff that you're doing? And he's like, well, balance doesn't really exist. <laughs> you can't really balance your life. It's like because people try to compartmentalize, you know, work and family and whatever and leisure time and things like that. And that just isn't realistic. And he said, you have to find a cadence in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to find this rhythm that it may fluctuate, you know, may fluctuate, you know, it may change a little bit. But you find these routines or these rituals that you do, these habits, and um, you just follow them. And so it may vary a little bit here and there, but you you do it, you know. It's kind of like how project management has changed, you know, to more of like agile, right? You Mm -hmm. know, people used to be like really, really specific about goals and, and narrowing down like with a product requirement document and functionality specs and stuff like that. And... You do that on a high level now, but not as detailed because it's just so hard to project what things will become. Things can change so quickly. Mm-hmm. And are also like doing it in that way kind of limits you from being able to pivot if you need to pivot. Exactly. That's awesome. I like that. And uh, um, so talking about habits and success and rituals and things like that, are there any particular habits or things that you've put in place that you find are really, you know, really work for you? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, like I said, you know, we and, and this is uh, what we've been talking about the past few weeks is, um, you know, coming up, figuring out, like, what is, what are some of our long-term goals and then working back to these daily activities. And so... You know, one of them was um, that one of my goals was that I wanted to really just push myself and becoming an expert in in many more areas other than just user experience design, um, also stuff with product management and, like, lean methodologies. And um, so I've been reading um, every single day now. Um, and so at least half an hour to an hour. Mm-hmm. And so what I did to be able to accomplish that is um, waking up at the butt crack of dawn <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to go to the gym um, and run for 15 or 20 minutes and listen to a book on my phone with Audible 
um, And I was listening to the first book I started listening to, which is because I started this like two and a half weeks ago, um, was From Zero to One, which I just finished yesterday. Nice. And it was freaking awesome. Peter Thiel is the man. Um, and so, yeah, I would do that, and I would listen to it um, on my commute. And then I would also take a, in the middle of the day after lunch so that I would, it would help me not fall asleep at work because I work in an office now. Um, <laughs> but um, I would go for like a really brisk 15-minute walk and just mm-hmm. put my, have my earphones on and listen to it. Right. Yeah. I like that. I mean, you and I had talked about that. That um, I, I like that you do that in the first thing in the morning, too. So I remember listening to something by Dane Maxwell. I don't know if it was a podcast or if it was an article or maybe it was just a call or something like that. Um, but he had talked about how, and I've heard this from other sources, too, that our willpower um, is like a pyramid in that we have the most amount in the morning. And at the end, we have the least amount. So we expend willpower with everything that we do throughout the course of the day. And if you do those things that are most important to you, like your habit-building rituals, um, first thing in the morning, then you've got a likelihood of succeeding with that. Like it, it's massively increased. I talked to one of my one of my coaching clients about this, where he he um, he works a full-time job. And then he wants to build a business on the side. So he's often trying to do that in his evenings. And it just doesn't work out for him in particular uh, because he said that by the time he gets home, like, you know, he's he's traveled to his job. He does his job for eight or nine hours a day. And then he has to make the commute home and then make supper. And then by that time, he's just beat. And there's just not enough drive to focus on the business oftentimes. And so we kind of reversed that where he, he now creates the habit of getting up earlier in the morning and then works on his business for an hour a day first before going to his job. And he's noticed a tremendous amount of improvement because now he's got a lot more willpower to do that. Um, but there's one of these things, too, where they had talked about if, if you want to build a habit, you have to do it for... I think it was something like 21 days. It takes 21 days to build a habit. Yep. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So, so having that commitment, doing it first thing in the morning, having that commitment to uh, push yourself to do it. I, I use, um, you and I are doing this together. So actually that's another pro- point is do it with an accountability partner so that it, you're not relying on your own personal motivation to create the habit. You're, you're doing it with someone who... Uh, is doing it alongside of you, and even though you, <laughs> you and I started this like two and a half about it a whole lot, just knowing that any day you can go in and see if I've been slacking off yeah. is enough motivation for me to jump on and make sure I get it done. Um, yeah, I love but, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing about it, too, is that uh, with Lyft anyway, and some of these other ones, but Lyft in particular is the one that you and I are using, is that it uh, it tracks your your streaks. So I can see how many days have I done it for uh, in mm-hmm. a row. And if we're going for that magic 21, and I've noticed like one of the, the ones that we had talked about or that we're doing together is, um, I think there's two. There's one that's Bible study, and the other one is reading um 
reading or doing coursework, like growing ourselves or our knowledge every day. And those for me are at something like 19 days in a row Yeah. at this point. And I'm just at that cusp of hitting the 21 days. And already at this point, I've, I've noticed a big difference between the ones that I've stuck to every day versus the ones that I've been doing here and there is that the ones I've been doing every day, um, it's just become, it's, it's become a natural part of my rhythm, my routine now. I just go and that's like the first thing I do in the morning. Kind of like, you know, if, if you had a smartphone at the side of your bed and you just checked your emails every day, um, that just becomes a habit. And it's, it's tough to break, actually, <laughs> once it gets to that point. Um, yeah. but now it's like that. It's getting to that point where it's just super easy for me to do on a daily basis. Yeah, it definitely. I'm always like some because <laughs> there's like I think four or five that I'm tracking in there. So I have um, let me see. Let me pull up my phone. <laughs> so I have uh, I have four. So I have like a seven minute workout, which kind of turned into a fifteen minute one, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> I have reading a book or finishing a course. Um, I have praying and reading the Bible. And so those are like four things that are really important to me. Um, and just some simple things, right? Like I, I'm still working on um, some longer-term goals, which we're going to hash out, you know, probably January, I'd say. But <laughs> um, just because, you know, obviously it's important to make those a little bit more robust. But getting these habits started is really important. And there's this... Um, there's this quote, it's kind of long, but I'll read it. Um, nobody really knows who it's by. <laughs> we'll say it's by this guy named Frank Outlaw, but I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it says, like, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. And watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, and it's like this old proverb, right, that, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. I mean, everything starts there. It's this decision that you have to make. It's these daily thoughts and the mindset that you have. And I know we always come back to mindset, but it's so important Mm -hmm. Um, because we always have to overcome that. And the way that we think about ourselves, the way we think about our family, the way we think about our future, um, and just having that constant, you know, uh, thought process or that mentality of becoming better and pushing yourself and doing things, you know, just changes things. It's like even when you're listening, when you're reading or listening to a, a book, it's like inspiring you um, to do something different or to become better. Like every day, it's like your whole day gets better. Right. It does. I, I notice that, especially if you start that first thing in the morning, because yeah. then it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Just a good example of that is I got uh, I woke up and I got this message that someone tagged me in a video, and um, so I went and checked it out, and it was a thank you video to you know thank everybody, and then they called me out particularly. And if you're listening to this, you know who I'm talking about, but uh, it just <laughs> it just totally set the tone for the rest of the day. Like I I don't know if I I'm on this like high for the rest of the day. Um, emotional high. <laughs> Not the other kind of high. Um, 
but it it just it just completely set me up for success for the rest of the day, and um, and I think that I think that's why having a good not just habits and and rituals, which is also super important, but having a good morning routine. Yeah, because I think that 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 kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day too. It does. Like if you just roll out of bed and like you know brush your teeth and start working, I mean. <laughs> The day is so different, um, and I don't know about you, Phil, but I don't. I it takes me like at least an hour and a half to get going. <laughs> <laughs> so like, if I were to wake up at I don't know like eight o'clock and take a quick shower and then like, drive to the office, um, it I only live like ten minutes from my office, so that's great. But um, if I were to drive there and then try to start working right at nine o'clock, um, it wouldn't happen. It's just like, <laughs> it takes it like I wouldn't start working probably till eleven o'clock just because right. like it's just not how I'm wired. But when I wake up a little bit earlier, my you know like I gives me a chance to get going and just to you know you know think about what I'm gonna do in the day and get some like feed my mind <laughs> you know mm -hmm. just like learning new things and finding and reading articles or reading a book or doing something that will get me going um, and then then I'm like ready to just like hit it hard yeah yeah totally I, I'm the same way I if I have a really good morning routine it sets me up for the rest of the day one of the things that I notice that I, I try to avoid now is what I used to do is the first thing I do when I wake up is to you know grab my phone and check my emails and <laughs> it's probably one of the worst things you could do, or at least for me anyway, because um, I noticed that whenever I did that, and I, if I see that there's you know 30 new M emails in my inbox, automatically I'm overwhelmed. And then for the rest of the day, I always feel like I'm behind. Yeah. And, and it just creates this undue stress. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've, I've tried to break that habit, like you said before, you know, start with, you know, reading reading a book or, you know, reading some Bible verses or um, sometimes it's my kids that wake me up, but if, if it is, then I, I just embrace that time with them. I noticed this this hit home even more so um, when the kids came mm -hmm. because I notice now that if I don't start a good morning with my kids, then that affects their mood for the rest of the day. So if I'm kind of grumpy and I, I, you know, if I get mad at them or... Um, you know, just don't start the morning well with them, then for the rest of the day, it's always this uphill battle of trying to, even if I'm not grumpy for the rest of the day, if it was just that, you know, 15 minutes, the rest of the day, it's like dealing with uh, all of these behavior issues um, for the rest of the day, like they're not listening or them just, you know, complaining or crying or, you know, it's just a really difficult day for the rest of the day. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like, the uh, analogy of a runner, right, where they have to, you know, each runner has a certain foot that they start off on, mm -hmm. and, you know, that they lean into to before they start running. And if they don't, if they don't, you know, lean forward on that foot, then, like, the whole race is off. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they will totally lose because they didn't they didn't start with the right posture. And so I think that it's, like, the same thing. Every day is, like, 
you know, like a mini marathon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a, you know, and you have to, if you don't start it off right, like the, the rest of your day will be jacked up. And if you keep doing that over and over again, you know, for, for months and years, you know, then you're going to, you're going to have just one long streak of that. And I think that like, that's why it's so important to do these daily rituals and, having something like Lyft or any other app that you see out there to remind you and a person too to push you along and be like, hey dude, you're slacking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, you know, just to check in on your goals. I mean, like one thing that I liked that um, came from uh, this practice that's used in the software industry um, mm -hmm. and like tech companies is OKRs. Um, objectives and key results, and so they just like they set these really ostent, you know, like these really ostentatious goals, like they're like audacious goals, and um, and so they don't ever expect to hit them a hundred percent. They expect maybe seventy or eighty percent because they're just so big. But um, you know, part of it is doing these weekly meetings where you'll check up and see how you've been doing and how effective you are in, in reaching those things and the little things that you need to do um, to reach that bigger goal. And, um, you know, people have the tendency to also, you know, just focus on the negative. Like, oh, man, I, you know, I was supposed to read for, you know, the last three days. I only read for the last two days because, I don't know, something happened. I was sick or I woke up late or whatever happened, right? And so... People get down on that instead of thinking about the average, the overall average of what they accomplished, and also um, their wins, right? So I think that's why it's important to have somebody that you can do like your little stand-up with, right? All right. <laughs> and be like, hey, so this is what happened, and talk about it. And sometimes you may not be as enthusiastic because you don't feel like you reached as far as you wanted to go. But um, that other person can listen, you know, be listening to what you did accomplish and help kind of pull out the positive things. Yeah, to be there to help lift you up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I, I think that that's a really important thing. Um, just to set that tone. It's, it's kind of like setting the tone in your morning. Like set the tone for your week and just have those people to help encourage you and keep you moving forward. And I think it's also important even just having that accountability partner that you meet with on a regular basis because, you know, we often do that in our businesses or that type of thing where we have check-ins on how are you doing on your business, how are you doing on your metrics, how's your marketing going, like all that type of stuff. And mm -hmm. we've put a lot of emphasis on that in the past and in other episodes, but I think it's just as important to have that in our own personal lives because, you know, in a sense, it's we're doing the same thing in our personal life as we are in our business. We're trying to grow. We're trying to achieve more. We're trying to, um, like, I, I really like a friend of mine, Amy Kaufman, who's been on here many times. She put it that we are us as people, us the founders, the CEOs, the people running the business, even if you're not in that position, if you're in a position like that, uh, a different type of position in your business um, or working for someone else even, is that we are the foundation of the business. Mm -hmm. And if we uh, have an unhealthy us, then that's going to lead to an unhealthy business. If we have a healthy us, then we can much easier support a healthy business. We become yeah. the business. Totally. So 
I think it's so, so, so very important for us to, to really invest in us, invest in our habits, invest in the foundation of what makes us tick, and um, keep growing ourselves every day. So yeah, no, that's that's so important. I mean, you have to you have to invest in yourself and becoming better. And um, you know, all people that it it makes me think of um, the uh, the people that I've seen around me that um, have become successful are always people that um, self-taught. You know, are people that never stop learning, they're always pushing themselves, they're always trying to become better, they're going to all these, you know, events and courses, watching videos all the time, and meeting with other people, and they have mentors or coaches that work with them, and, um, you know, it's it's like, uh, it's like the story that was shared in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right, mm-hmm. where, um, by Robert Kiyosaki, and he was talking about how <clears throat> a lot of people, uh, that have the poor dad mentality are the people that think just because of tenure um, in a company or in their industry, you know, they've, they've been doing it a long time, so they just automatically should earn a certain amount of money or they should earn more money. They should be promoted and they should just advance just automatically just because they've been doing it for so long. But just because you've been doing the same thing for so long and just, do, and just repeating it doesn't mean that you deserve to advance or that people are going to look at you as being better. And if you're in technology like us, <laughs> yeah. um, there's no way that you can keep up if you don't, you're not always learning something and always becoming better. I mean, it changes so drastically. I'm like, you know, back in the, you know, a few, not even a couple years ago, like become being a UX person was like wireframes and a lot of, a lot of psychology stuff. Um, some Photoshop mock-ups, and that was it. Now it's like you're expected to do HTML, CSS, and JavaScript prototypes, um, and a lot more technical encoding type re- activities. Um, on, and on top of that, like even developing products. And so, if you don't, if you don't push yourself, like you're going to be in the lowest rung and in your industry. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, when you said technology especially, um, (laughs) one example that came to my mind was, you know, a couple of years ago, I was focused on learning ActionScript. And ActionScript was where it was at. (laughs) Oh, my God, I remember AS3, I hated that. (laughs) And now it's like, where is ActionScript? Does anybody use it anymore? Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like, Things can get outdated so much, and you got to keep up with where your industry is at. And I think that's the same thing with us as, as growing as individuals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, talking about leaning in and growing and, and rooting yourself into a strong foundation, there was this example that was given to me by, uh, by Tony Robbins in one of his programs. I can't remember what it was called, Time of Your Life or something like that. <laughs> and, um, and he had talked about how he used this really cool illustration, this really cool model. And it was this, uh, imagine your life as a wheel, like a wheel on a, on a bicycle. And um, there's you at the center, and there are different spokes for different parts of your life. So if you imagine like one spoke bre- branching out, and that being spirituality, and another branch, uh, another spoke 
branching out, and that's you know your relationships. So maybe that's you know your romantic relationships. Then you've got another one branching out, which is like relationship with friends and family. Another one for your business or career. Another one for your finances, and another one for your physical health. Say. Mm -hmm. And then he said, imagine if each of these are in different places. So say you've got you know really strong business, but um, you're really low in uh, dating and relationship. You're really low, and like you don't really have really good relationships with friends or family, and um, your health, like you're not taking care of your health. Well, that's not a very like that wheel is going to be really, really focused on that one spoke, and so trying to drive a bicycle with two wheels that are that kind of like diamond shaped or like really obtuse diamond shaped is going to be a really rough ride for you. And as you do that, if you keep driving it that way, it's going to wear down your business. Um, mm -hmm. So even if you're strong that way, it's just going to keep getting worn down, down, down until it can no longer sustain itself. Whereas if you kind of take a look at your life and look at all these different spokes and start investing a little bit into each one and creating a, a full circle mm -hmm. uh, or as close as you can to a full circle, then that's going to give you a much smoother ride. So everything's going to kind of balance itself out. They're all going to work in tandem with each other. And um, yeah. And I thought that was a really cool analogy in the sense that um, it is really important. Like I know for me personally, being married and having kids, um, I can focus on my business all I want, but if I don't put those habits in place to spend that time with my wife or with my kids, then that stuff starts to affect my business. So they might start to complain that I'm, you know, I'm not spending enough time with them. Um, and then that kind of goes to my head, and then I bring that into my business, and that'll start to wear that down, and so yeah, on and totally. so forth. And it reminds me, when you're speaking of wheels or circles and stuff, it reminds me of this infographic that I had looked at a little while ago, and it was about, like, creative routines, right? People mm -hmm. that were, like, some of the most creative people in the world, like Beethoven and Mozart and Maya Angelou and, like, Victor Hugo and stuff. And they use these um, kind of circles of like uh, like a circle infographic, um, which was like spreading out their 24 hours. And so they would do stuff in like chunks of time, and they would break it up too. Like there was a lot of uh, a couple uh, instances where like you know they would they would work for four or five hour sprint, and then they would stop and they would like go you know hang out with their wife, or they would go for a you know, really brisk walk with a friend, or they would go, to, you know, to have coffee or something like really odd hours of the night too. It was like you look at like the difference um, between some of these people, and you're like, what the heck are these people doing? I mean, like it was like you know, like Beethoven liked to compose like from I don't know, like six a.m. until about like well eleven o'clock, and then the rest of his day he just like did whatever he wanted, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was like he had like this really odd odd schedule. And a lot of these a lot of these really creative and successful people um, just would break things up and cuz sometimes, you know, I don't know, I I've read about like the craziness of how like American and um, you know, 
Canadians pretty close <laughs> as far as like work work ethic and like how like in North America it's like you know people think oh, I have to work like you know 80 hours a week to get stuff done which <clears throat> sometimes you do especially if you're working in a startup like me <laughs> but um but just because there's so much work but it's like you don't there becomes a point where that productivity just drops off right Mm-hmm. And yep. so I know, like, even when I've had the really long days, like, um, like 18, 20-hour days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, luckily, I live close to my house. So, like, I'll come home at, like, 6 o'clock and just take, like, two hours and just have dinner and play with my daughter and talk with my wife and go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go back and continue working. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that's been really helpful. And then that's those are, like, those crazy times where you have to, like, really press in and just get stuff done when you have a launch or something. But um, many other times, you know, my regular routine is to come home by 6 or 7 o'clock and just have, that, have dinner and walk and play with my daughter and things like that. And then on the weekends, just totally, you know, relax and... And enjoy my family, not check my email, (laughs) (laughs) you know, stuff like that. And it's just, it's so refreshing. Like my Saturdays, I always joke about it now, but like they feel like mini vacations to me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I think another probably question that people are going to ask about this as they're listening to this is how do you, just like you brought up, how do you fit all this stuff in? Because if there's Mm -hmm. so much that you need to get done, how do you how do you manage to get it all in your schedule? And I know that this is something that I've personally struggled with a lot <laughs> over the years. I've tried so many different things to try to make it work. Um, but I think one of the keys that I've found now is that you know you know they say multitasking is is something that you shouldn't do because your attention is going to be split in so many different ways. Yep. And so I I agree with that. But I think that there's also something to be said about leveraging your time. So mm-hmm. not necessarily multitasking. I guess in a sense some people might consider it that, but leveraging your time so that they doing things that synchronize with each other. So one example is like, you know, we, we you and I were talking about one of our goals is to do the seven-minute workout um, every day. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things that I do is as part of my exercise or to get my exercise instead of just like focusing on scheduling okay I've got 15 minutes I need to schedule that into my calendar um, to exercise is that I combine that with playtime with my daughter so it might be for example you know I've, I've got time that I'm spending with my daughter she likes running around so I'm gonna run around too and try to get as much exercise as I possibly can while playing with her. Um, And then in other instances, what that might look like is, say, I am doing an official kind of 15-minute workout with push-ups and sit-ups and all that stuff, and then involve my daughter in that, because she actually loves it. My wife does that all the time, and she'll come down and do uh, some sort of exercise video, and she'll bring my daughter down, and she just loves to just be there and do it along with us. It's the cutest thing. She can't do any of the exercises, but it's just so fun for her to try and she enjoys it. And so you're leveraging two things at once. And yeah. I think that that's... I, I learned that because uh, my wife showed me this article once. I can't remember where it was, but it, it talked about how uh, this person um, wanted to exercise a lot more, but they, they couldn't seem to figure out how to do that 
running their households and all that stuff. And that was basically the principle where it started from for me. Was they said, you know, they might be, um, they work at their computer station. They use uh, a stability ball. Mm-hmm. So as they're doing work, they might be, you know, doing some little tiny exercises or something. Not not a whole lot, not enough to distract them from their work, but just like, you know, even just bouncing up and down on this stability ball or just kind of rotating your core on the stability balls, doing some sort of exercise and working out some muscles while they're working. And then doing things like, you know, maybe you're picking up the laundry basket, but instead of just picking it up, maybe you pick it up and do a couple of lifts with it or something. Um Another one was given to me by former coaching clients of mine. They started a program called uh, Boney to Beastly. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the phone with them, uh, what they told me that one of their friends who was building up a lot of muscle mass, what he did was he put a, uh, a chin-up bar, or I think that's what you call it, um, in the door frame leading into his kitchen. And so every time he entered or left the kitchen, he would do a couple of pull-ups. <laughs> and it was just like just this kind of <laughs> habit thing. So he doesn't have to s- kind of stop and like, you know, I gotta go work out. But he's just got these little tiny things that he does throughout the course of the day. Yeah, that, uh, that helps him to to kind of exercise. And it doesn't it doesn't take a whole lot of extra thought. It doesn't take a whole lot of extra effort. Um, another example is like I signed my daughter up for these uh, daddy daughter. Uh, swim lessons Mm. so I would take her over there and you know I'd get to spend time with her but I'm swimming at the same time so I'm still getting exercise and if your daughter's not at that stage because that's like you know toddler level Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you take them to the pool and then if there's a certain area of the pool that allows you to swim at the same time then you can do that too yeah Uh, I think that's that's brilliant as far as leveraging your time I know like one example that I brought up earlier was, you know, when I, after lunch, I'm kind of tired and want to take a break, so, um, or pretty much any time during the day, <laughs> like, I was, like, really be, you know, doing, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the little Pomodoro uh, counters where you, like, work for 35 minutes or 45 minutes and you take a 5 to 10 minute break, mm. but, um, you know, sometimes I'll do that, like, I'm just, like, really need to focus, not do anything else, I just work on that one thing. And then once I've accomplished that, then I'll be like, okay, I need a break. So sometimes I'll I'll use that break just to go for a brisk walk around the block um, or something like that. And then also I have a stand-up desk. So when I'm working, um, instead of sitting down, which is really bad for you to sit down for like 8 to 10 hours a day, like supposedly it's like you're 50 more, 50% more likely to have like heart issues because of it. <laughs> um, yeah, cause like, I, I think I need to get a new desk then. <laughs> yeah, like the, I'll send you the article. I'll send you the article. It's really, really scary. <laughs> but uh, it's it's actually true. Because like, you know, oh, you know, not even not even 100 years ago, people were so much more active because their jobs were like outdoors or lifting stuff and doing like manual labor. And now like we're just sitting on our butts all day for eight to ten hours. Some you know, some of us, other people just working for like two hours or they you know, a day or they split it up or something like that. But either way, like your circulation gets all you know, slowed down considerably just because the the way that your legs are bent and stuff. So standing up is great and you know, that alone is, a, is an improvement, and you can, like, shift your weight and do a little bit of yoga and stuff like that. And some people even take it to the stream, extreme where they have a uh, treadmill <laughs> underneath of um, 
of their desk, uh, and they just walk almost the entire day. Like one of my friends, he's a, he runs marathons. He's like this really crazy marathon freak. He does like at least one a month. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so he walks all day at a really slow pace, but he walks all day. Um, and just, you know, he'll take a few breaks, of course, but, you know, he, he has a treadmill underneath his desk and does that, and I think that that's pretty cool. I don't have that level of commitment yet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the little, the walks are helpful, and I do, you know, I do what you're saying, too, I'll play with my, go play with my daughter outside or take her to the park. She loves the park, mm-hmm. and, um, so she do that, and, you know, it's kind of cool as far as what you're saying is, you know, she, you know, your daughter, um, you know, doing workouts with you or with watching your wife because that's another thing, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the call, how, like, our children um, kind of see what we do and the way we set the tone for their day affects their day. It also affects their life. And many times daughters marry um, <clears throat> men like their fathers. And <laughs> Which you and I had a conversation right before this call about. Yeah, and um, so it's kind of funny because um, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, you know, one of the big things that I've always wanted to do, like a goal in my life, is to become like the best father that I could be for my children. Like even before I had my children, like I've thought about this for many years, like probably like, 15 years before I had a daughter. <laughs> and so, like, I've just been constantly thinking, like, how can I, what can I do to, you know, obviously be a good example, but also, what are the things, how can I help my daughter, like, achieve her goals and become the best her, you know, you know, girl that she can be, a woman she can be in the future? Um, and what are all the things, like, how can I, like, understand her personality better, her talents, and discover those, you know, her, her, um, you know, gifts from, like, a young age and help her develop those things. And So I've been, you know, thinking about those things, and, and, and it really boils down to, like, daily, your daily routines with them and the things that you do with them and activities and how you interact and not just, like, sitting around and watching TV with them, which is so easy because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they, like, cuddle up next to you, especially girls with their dads and, like, make you feel all, like, cozy and special. Um, I know and, the feeling. Yeah, and they give you that little look, and you're like, Daddy, show. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, stop. Um, like, at that moment, I, she could, like, ask me to open my, my wallet, and I could give her, like, a couple of thousand dollars. But um, so that's really easy to fall into that, but I think it's good to find other things. And, like, one of my buddies, who his kids are older, um, and uh, he does, like, all these, he'll go online and he finds all these wacky scientific, scientific experiments and does those things with them. Um, and he'll have them play games like Minecraft so they can learn, like, the basics of coding. Um, all these really cool little things, and I was, I've always thought about that. I'm like, you know, um, it's going to be different for every kid, but you kind of, like, you can help them discover what makes them great. And... I think I've been thinking over and over again, like, how is it, how can you incorporate some type of habit into your your family life, right, where you talk about, like, your wins for each week or something, and you talk about um, how, you know, different things that are important and what you want to achieve and kind of instill this kind of mentality in a child from a young age as far as, not like, you know, this whole, not the mentality of, like, 
this pressure to achieve, but and always like you know the way that like the traditional school settings are like if you don't get an A you're like an idiot right. Right. Um, you know, forget that. I mean, tons of successful people dropped out of college. You know, <laughs> so. But um, but my point is, you know, having this um mindset and this um kind of way of living that you are always trying to become better and you have self-reflection and just kind of thinking about the future and how to do these little things that will add up into bigger things and ultimately, you know. A really awesome life. Right. Yeah, I love that. My wife and I were actually talking about that same thing, that we wanted to share more about what's going on with us personally, with our kids, whether it's, you know, internally and, and just things that are, are going on within our own lives, um, stuff that we feel like is appropriate for them to hear, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, sharing more about what's going on in my business. And oftentimes I... You know, we, we had talked about this a couple of episodes ago when we talked about being a, a parent to uh, being an entrepreneurial parent mm-hmm. that oftentimes, you know, our kids want our attention and so I'll talk about what's going on in my business to my daughter. <laughs> so I'm, and in reality, I talk, you know, sharing it with my wife but just including my daughter and, and I think that that's, that's kind of a, a powerful practice, kind of like what you were talking about is just including them and showing them you know, how you work, and they often learn how things work from us. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're the, as parents, we're the biggest influences, influencers in their lives, especially at the, the younger ages, I think. Yeah, it was funny because last night um, I got home, I had to, uh, I had to uh, wrap up a couple things I was working on because I left work early to come home and be with my wife and my daughter for like, and just spent like four or five hours with them because <clears throat> I've been working a lot the past few days. And um, so then after dinner, I was sitting at the table just finishing up a little bit of work. And um, I was, you know, designing uh, some UI uh, in Photoshop. <laughs> and my daughter was like, are you working, Daddy? <laughs> She's like beginning to put together sentences, like bigger sentences now. I'm like, yep. I'm like, yep. And she's like, ooh, what are you doing? And she was like leaning in and looking at my computer, you know, and seeing what I was doing. I'm like, I'm designing a UI. And I was like, can you say UI? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, UI? I'm like, yes, can you say UX? She's like, UX. I'm like, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. And she's only, you know, two and a half right now, but it's it's funny that... um, she, their kids are interested in what you're doing, and that, um, yeah, that gives us such a, a powerful image to wrap up this conversation. Is you know your daughter leaning in? Mm-hmm. She was so interested in what she, what you were doing, and so wanting to learn. And I think that's that basically really <laughs> sums up what we're talking about here really nicely. Yeah, it's like just, uh, it's it's having that childlike mentality, right? That you just want to absorb everything. You want to learn new things. Kids are always asking why. Why this? Why that? And, you know, how? And and what's that? Right? (laughs) Those are the questions that, like, young kids, especially toddlers, are always asking. And um, I think having that healthy curiosity and just that drive to learn more is just so powerful. Yeah. Totally agree with you. 
Awesome. This has been a, a wonderful episode. I love the conversation. I, we, you and I are going to continue talking about this offline for a long time. We've already yeah. been talking about it for two and a half weeks, three weeks. Um, <laughs> and that's why we wanted to share it so much. Uh, so if, if you want to get any of the resources that we mentioned on the call, you know, go to minimumviablepodcast.com forward slash free book. And um, if you don't have one, you can sign up for an Audible account and just do exactly like Brian just talked about is uh, listening to books like Zero to One or uh, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And you can listen to those while you're doing your commutes or while you're you know, maybe doing some work or uh, exercising or there's a lot of different ways you can leverage your time and, and learn at the same time. My wife does it lying in bed when she wakes up or goes to sleep, uh, which is another really great time. And uh, yeah, and then and we've also got another course that's coming out by Amy Kaufman, who we mentioned previously. Um, it's a really big focus on investing yourself, investing in yourself for personal success. Um, it's building that foundation of you, really a strong foundation of you so that you can have a strong foundation in which to build your business on. And uh, if that's something that you're interested in, just email me at phil at philmcnevin.com and I'll be happy to send you more details about that course. It's not quite ready yet, but uh, if, if it's something that you're interested in, in jumping into, uh, I'll make sure that we have your name down so that we can send you more details once they're ready. Awesome. Yeah, um, I'll just leave one last thought uh, Phil, which is something really a really good nugget that we looked at um, when we started this whole thing, mm-hmm. which was uh, setting smart goals, right? Right. So they're oh. smart um, is an acronym for specific and significant, measurable and meaningful, achievable and action oriented, rewarding and realistic, and time based and trackable. I think it's so awesome. Like just really simple thing. So you can yeah. set these daily goals and these daily routines. Yeah, I think it's smart goals are super, super powerful. Um, I found that the, especially that, well, all of them are important, but that, that timely is important. Andy Drish taught us, or taught me something really powerful where he said, if you don't have a deadline for something, then it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, and kind of give yourself a deadline for the things that you want to accomplish and that's that's what really kickstarts the whole thing and um and having those those uh accountability partners so the smart goals having accountability partner um the other things we talked about this episode is you know having a really good successful morning routine that you set yourself up for success with and building those habits um and having those accountability partners to help you build those habits. I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Phil. All right. It's been awesome. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks for listening. Visit minimumviablepodcast.com for more great episodes. And if you want to start and grow your own business, you can join our training programs at successfulstartschool.com. 